This week, the team at Family Pet Health is moving into our brand new vet hospital, so we're going to be replaying an episode that first aired last summer. Today's replay is all about the parasite that I love to hate the most, heartworms. I'm very passionate about getting all pets and working dogs on heartworm prevention because heartworm disease is very deadly, but totally preventable. Please take a few moments to listen to the information we share today because it has a high probability of saving your pet's life. That's today on the Family Pet Podcast. Welcome into the Family Pet Podcast, a podcast for curious pet parents, where we believe the more you know about pet health care, the better pet parent you can be. I'm your host, Michael Shirley, joined once again by my co-host, Stephen, and also a new guest. guest today, Elizabeth. Welcome, Elizabeth. Welcome, Stephen. Now, I feel like you need to add the the follow-up Elizabeth who, because there's an Elizabeth in my life. Oh, that's true. So. This is this this particular Elizabeth is future Dr. Elizabeth Witt. There we go. Future Dr. Witt. That's right. Uh, I don't know if we'll get into it later in this episode, but but future Dr. Witt has been a part of my life for like eight years. Like we eight first, years. Yeah, yeah, we first met at Riverdale High School where she was a student of mine. And one day, I hope she's my boss. That would be a weird, weird switch around. But. <laughs> it sounds awesome, though. So, so Elizabeth is with us this summer. So she's taking a break from veterinary school. She's uh, at the University of Tennessee at Knoxville. Just finished her first year of veterinary school. Congratulations! Go balls! I can't say that uh, with a lot of passion. But I can say go UTCVM. That, that works too. I'll okay. take it. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Shirley and I, I was like, I don't know, Dr. Shirley, if I can go to the football game there. But especially when MTSU played them and we got beat down so bad. But it's that an was experience okay. all in and of itself. It is so, true. Well, yeah. we, we appreciate you coming. So you're working with us this summer uh, as a student worker, internship, whatever we want to call it. Indentured I'm servitude. flexible. Yeah. I rotate. I float. So. Your, your, your role right now is uh, we – veterinary student license tech a little bit of licensed technician and uh veterinary assistant all rolled into a vet student it's such a weird spot to be in but it's fun i get to float around try yeah. everything out you know well, so one I day i'll be the doctor so that's exactly just trying right. to that's test it. it all out <laughs> so she'll be able to say uh, you know ex- have experienced working in and you've also been on the phones answering mm-hmm. phone calls so you truly have done everything you know, I'm just trying to hit off, all, check all the boxes. And as I, as I knew you would, you're doing a great job with this, uh, this, this summer and in past summers. And we hope to see you in summers to come. And I mean, I really hope that you'll come back and work at Family Pet Health. So, three years. Three more years. Three more years. <laughs> I'm, not that I'm counting or anything. <laughs> hey, have, have, uh, so we're in the, it's, it's June when we're recording this, uh, almost July, uh, right in the midst of the summer. Have y'all done any grilling out this summer? Yes. I like to grill out. I do like to grill out. What yeah. about you, Elizabeth? Mm-hmm. We do a lot of grilling in the summer. That's good. Mm-hmm. When you're out there grilling, are there any down? Are there any downsides to grilling out that other, you can think of? Other than a that, that, sixty pound shepherd mix who likes to try to eat the food to eat before <laughs> or after it's on the grill. That um, has he has he become victorious in this? Oh, he, has he stolen the steak? Is yes, what I'm asking. Yes. yes? Oh, oh, he my. got he got the steak. Um, anyway, anything else that that is a negative of grilling? that comes to mind it gets a little warm gets kind of hot but it is yeah uh, standing over the fire yeah and a lot of bugs there are a lot of bugs and that's a great segue i did i didn't i kind of set that up but today we're talking about heartworms 
Now that is not a that is not a bug that you encounter while you're grilling, but they mm-hmm. one bug that you do encounter that's related to heartworms is mosquitoes. 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 <laughs> Everyone's favorite pest to hate. Why? What? Why do they exist? I think it's for population control. That's a horrible reason for a creature to exist. It's like ticks and chiggers. We'll so. never know, but I think it's population control. Why do I think population control? Because they transmit diseases. And many people are familiar with like a malaria. If, you, if you're doing any traveling, you've got to get your malaria pills and things like that. Uh, d- dengue fever, is that how you say that? Does lots that, of... Lots, lots of... of Lots of things that we associate, diseases that we associate with swampy, humid, uh, hot jungle, areas. Jungle, jungle areas. But one thing that that uh, many people don't associate with mosquitoes but does go hand in hand, another disease, is heartworm diseases. So, Elizabeth, we asked you to come and help educate our curious pet parents about heartworms today. Yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, I've only been in vet school one year, but I can say that we've talked about heartworms more times than I can probably already count. So, Why do you think that is, that you all talk about heartworms so much? Um, specifically, being at Tennessee, we are one of the um, most hotspot areas for heartworms. So we are constantly diagnosing and handing out preventatives. It's um, a pretty serious disease if not treated early enough. And so um, it's something that's um, easily prevented, but a hard treatment. And so we talk about it already a lot in my career. An easy prevention, but a hard treatment. So it's preventable mm-hmm. and it's treatable, but you're saying prevention is easier than treatment. Prevention's about a hundred times easier than any kind yeah. of treatment that we decide. Yeah. And about a hundred times less That's expensive. expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we we'll talk about that. Okay. So w- it's hard. Like like you, I I get. There's a lot of information about heartworms. And it's one of, when I taught vet science at Riverdale, this was one of my, I like parasitology and virology, but parasitology is amazing to me. And today we're going to just talk about heartworms, but there's all sorts of, um, there's all sorts of parasites and and things that have to go through what we call intermediate hosts. And so it's just hard to channel my brain down. So let's start with what it is, how do our pets get it, and how do we prevent it and then we'll go to treatment if if we if all the other things fail and we get an infection okay mm-hmm. so let's start with what the heck is, what a, is heartworm? a heartworm because the because our pet parents we're trying to educate our listeners on the things that they're going to hear recommended when they go to the vet office or things that they should know about as a pet owner and one thing like you said is that they're going to hear about heartworm prevention a lot and you said because we're in a high area of infection Mm -hmm. so what the heck is a heartworm so a heartworm is like we said you don't just see heartworms you know out in your yard that's um it's actually spread it's a worm that's spread by mosquitoes so being in tennessee you can't go outside for more than five minutes without getting a mosquito bite in the summer and so mosquitoes will bite onto the dog and whenever they are taking their blood meal they'll end up Um, basically transferring um, the microfilaria into the dog's bloodstream and that microfilaria will grow over the next uh, three to six months into their adult stages which will migrate into the heart of a dog where they get the name heartworms and while they're there that's where they can start causing lots of diseases they can start reproducing and building um, more numbers of their heartworms which will again migrate to the heart of the dog 
And that microfilaria, that, um, which is basically the baby heartworm, will be cycling throughout the body of the dog, which is where another mosquito may bite on, and it continues to spread. So that's kind of where we get hot spot areas, is areas with dogs that are, we have high prevalence of heartworms, is where those, we have a more higher prevalence of dogs being transmitted with heartworms. Okay, so, uh, so yeah, I heard a couple of things. So I, I, microfilaria, we think of, We'll just call we them microscopic terms to terms to define in that explanation. Okay, in, yeah. in essence, microscopic or tiny, tiny, tiny baby heartworms. Baby heartworms. Yep. Okay, so are are is that what's in the mosquito, or is it the the heartworm? Uh, how, how, okay, you got it. Yeah, let, let, wait, wait a second. Okay, a lot of things going on. Oh man, I'm telling you. Because where do you start? And it's, this is a cycle, a circle, mm-hmm. the heartworm cycle. So we're just going to pick a spot to begin with. So mm-hmm. let's pick baby heartworms. Baby heart. Let, we're we're going to start. Baby heartworm. Oh, no. do, 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 do. Stop. Just stop. No. no. That's no. That's no, not allowed. Okay. That is, we're talking about heartworms, not earworms. Okay. So, our, <laughs> so uh, thanks. Uh, MJ's over here in our studio audience. We our first studio audience member. He's laughing at the jokes. Okay. So let's start with microfilaria. So okay. these are these are, for lack of a better word, baby heartworms. That or are larvae. You can also larvae, call them yes, that. If th- you, that's probably yeah. better. Okay. So they're floating around in the blood system. We'll talk about how they get there later. Okay. But yes. they're they're floating around inside a dog. Yes. And a mosquito lands on that dog mm-hmm. and bites it. And before it sucks up all the blood, it puts in a little bit stuff first, right? Like it bites, it spits in, and then sucks out. Mm-hmm. And so it spits, the mosquito lands on your dog or cat. Yes, dogs or cats, yeah. And spits in and then sucks out some blood meal. You called it a blood meal? Call it a blood meal, nice, yeah. Nice, a blood meal. Okay. Suck your blood. And then it sucks in the microfilaria. Yes. The And then that microfilaria lives in the mosquito mm-hmm. and goes through the mosquito's digestive system and it'll basically progress through the larval stages inside so, the mosquito inside the mosquito which is why we call it an intermediate host so it has to go through the mosquito in order to be transferred to a new host that's what's amazing to me this is so so the so the microfilaria comes out of the first dog mm-hmm. into the mosquito into the mosquito's gut where it then transforms into the next stage of the heartworm's life cycle mm-hmm. and then the, that same mosquito lands on another animal yes dog or cat dog yeah. or cat and spits it lands on it bites it spits into it and then sucks out but when it spits in it's spitting out that stage is that stage two of the heartworm or is that stage that's three? supposed that... to be l3 so L3, stage okay. three so stage three it spits in stage three is it still considered a microfilaria at that point? Yeah, so we still call that okay. microfilaria. Okay, so it spits in an, an, a more ad, an older, more mature microfilaria into the new ho- into the new dog or cat, and then that settles. It pumps through the circulatory system, which happens to go through the heart, but that's where it stops and attaches itself. Or does it does it attach to the heart, or does it just live in the heart? They don't usually attach because they're growing in the heart, mm-hmm. and so as they grow, they can't always um, fit through all the chambers and stuff. So usually, we say that they get stuck um, oh, okay. in the right side of the heart, and so that's where 
Um, if your dog is diagnosed with heartworms, we usually recommend x-rays to see um, how bad that right side enlargement gets. Um, usually the, lo- the larger the right side enlargement, the more heartworms that pet may have. Okay, so... But that's so, kind of skipping a stage. Yep, so, so that L3 microfilaria is circulating through the circulatory system and growing, mm-hmm. and then it gets stuck in the heart. And that's where it continues to grow and becomes more mature then does it meet other heartworms in there or can it reproduce on its own? So it will meet, we'll have male and female heartworms. Okay. And so that, that's... <laughs> I'm sorry. That I'm thinking of having a party in the heart. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so the male and female heartworms have gotten jammed up in the heart mm-hmm. and they've met. They've met. And this is where the love story begins. And then we make more baby heartworms. Matters, matters of the heart, Stephen. Yes. Hey, we got we got a child over here. Is that we, a song? We need to be careful about the. Okay, so we reproduce. They reproduce. I, my, my children understand about reproduction. It's okay. You should be having that conversation with your children early. They are children of a vet. That's, <laughs> they a whole, have, that's right. They've <laughs> seen it all. <laughs> they have <laughs> seen lots of things. So that's a whole another podcast episode coming later this year, where we actually have some child psychologists that will be joining <laughs> us. I'm not even joking, and maybe we'll add that too. Okay, so our male and female heartworms have met in the heart. And they reproduce, mm-hmm. and then the female releases eggs, or or does she release microfilaria? Microfilaria. So yeah. she just bop. And how many does she release? I'm not sure exactly how many. We should consult the Google machine. Actually, if you want to learn more about heartworms, you can go to the American Heartworm Society. We will link that. Stephen, this is your first note of what we need to put in the show, show notes. notes. We will link. We will put a link to the American Heartworm Society in the show notes. But she's going to release some number less than fifty billion, but more than a thousand. That's a, a range. whole lot, basically. A yeah. lot. Yes. <laughs> so she's going to release all these microfilaria into that uh, animal's circulatory system, mm-hmm. where this whole process starts again. Exactly. Okay, Trent. As a producer, Trent over here. Do you feel that you, you join us if you can? Um, do you feel that we have explained the life cycle of the heartworm to your satisfaction? Did you know anything about heartworms before today? Very little, he says. Okay, but you're good now. Okay. So we've identified and we've talked about what a heartworm is and, mm-hmm. and how it lives in the animal and, and that it has to go out of the dog into or cat and into a mosquito and back in. Exactly. Yes. Okay. All right. Whew. That's a lot. I have the I have the the Google answer of how many. Do we trust it? Did what did what what it's website from it pubmed.ncbi.gov. So okay, I'm, so I'm, I'm trusting okay. this one. Right. Twenty two thousand each time she releases them. Twenty two thousand. And how many, Elizabeth? Mm-hmm. How many microfilaria does it take to introduce a heartworm infection into your dog? It would take one or cat. One. I mean, you can have, um, this is getting a little bit ahead, but starting whenever we're talking about diagnosing an animal with heartworms is we look for an antigen that's released from a female um, adult heartworm. And so say that microfilaria grew up and was a, um, you could have one male heartworm. Um, you could have one female heartworm, but then, um, you know, likelihood if they're in the prevalent areas, a high prevalent areas, they're going to get injected again and have more of those microfilaria that will grow and again reproduce from there on. So mm. it's just, it's, it's staggering to me. Like 
one mosquito bite, one microflaria introduced into your dog or cat, and it can just 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 wreck them. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a it's a hard thing to go through. It's a hard thing to see dogs and cats go through specifically. Yeah. All right. So we have identified we have identified the heartworm and how it gets into your pet. Can we can you talk to us a little bit more about what a heartworm infection is? I know you told us a little bit about, you know, they're jammed up in the heart. But, mm-hmm. So um, just share with us what you would like for our curious pet parents to know about why this is such a big deal. Yeah. So. Um, as we can, you know, think about, obviously having worms congested in the heart is not a very comfortable thing to have. It's not going to bode well for our cats or dogs. Um, having this is going to, you're a lot of times going to see your dog or cat have a lot of respiratory issues just because their heart's unable to um, pump adequately throughout the body as well. They're going to get tired quicker. They're going to Um, not be as willing to exercise they're going to be more lethargic as well as um, again like you see a lot more um, issues with respiration cats a lot you'll see them hacking and coughing they can be affected a lot more quickly with one heartworm than um, a dog so a dog is more likely to live with probably about um, I think 15 to 30 is your average I think 25 is your average heartworm amount Um, but cats a cat can die from one to three heartworms in their heart just because they're so much smaller and those heartworms can get to about 10 to 12 inches in length a female heartworm can it looks like spaghetti yes exactly I mean if you need a visualization imagine your heart with spaghetti all inside it so, so that, that keeps the valves from closing and, mm-hmm. and opening. And, and then they're not adequately able to pump. pump the heart and get that blood throughout the body. And so then they're going to deal with um, circulatory issues following that. Um, their um, lungs aren't going to be able to adequately perfuse the oxygen. It's just a whole cycle of events that's just um, a hard thing to see a dog or a cat go through. Yeah. Does the heartworm, like when it's living in the heart, does it just open its mouth and let the blood go into it? Is that how it feeds? Yeah. What is it eating on? Do you actually know that one? Yeah. We've asked her out of order. Dad, come in. <laughs> this one's out of order. Well, and, and, and honestly, do I care what this pest is eating as opposed to, I want, remember, you want to learn how to care. Remember, Stephen, we're trying to win trivia night. Okay. What does a heartworm eat? I was at a trivia night last night with Dr. Shirley and Dr. Sam, and we had a vet question on there. We got it right. I was glad. That is but good. Our, <laughs> our, our curious pet parents might get those right, too, because they listen to the podcast. Okay, what do mm-hmm. you got? Um, so I know that they live in the heart and are eating, are basically taking in nutrients nutrients yeah. that is in the bloodstream mm-hmm. as well. But do they open their mouth, and or do they just absorb it? We don't know, but we'll find that out. I believe they open their mouth but yeah. i again <laughs> so, am trying to look through my notes okay. while we're talking so <laughs> i should have given it's you not a... usually what i'm thinking about i'm right, thinking right. about treatment and right, stuff right, so right. let me right. let me go yeah. through i've right. also learned about you know hundreds of other worms that's this right past year, your so. brain i'm telling you you're y'all vets poor vet students you're first, i remember dating dr shirley all through vet school and going out to eat with her and dr robinson and and just the very first time i went to visit them we went out to eat and they took note cards with them and studied during I was just like, stop, just stop. I was a bad influence. Okay. okay. So more, more uh, infection. So respiratory issues, coughing, wheezing. We, we, uh, our blood, does the blood pressure go up or down? But it's affecting our circulatory system mm-hmm. because the heart can't uh, pump as hard because exactly. it's, it's 
it's hitting heartworms instead of having being able to contract all the way mm-hmm. or, um, and push that blood through the system. So our blood isn't as good oxygenated or isn't w- oxygenated as well. So does there do we go. see do we see oxygen levels in the bloodstream go down? I believe so. I know that your your dog's just not going to want to yeah. run around because they're not able to get that oxygen in their system. They're not going to. Um, they're going to be panting a lot more easily, like maybe while they're just laying around in the house, right. that kind of thing. And I've seen some pets that have come in for treatment and they're just like, <sighs> just when they walk up the steps, they just can't catch their breath. Exactly. So it feels like they're drowning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, any other, I mean, it just sounds like they affect all the systems, but anything else that comes to mind uh, for infection and, and symptoms that we would see? Not really. There's some blood work things that you'll see, like you'll see anemia um, on their blood work and um, a couple other things that they might deal with as well, like with their kidneys. Um, but those are the main things that you'll see um, pretty much are, are common things that we'll see whenever they walk through the door. And I think it's important to know um, is that we there have been reported heartworm cases in every state in the United States, every state. In the United States, so some people say, "Well, I'm not. I'm in a northern state. I don't need heartworm prevention." You do. You need it. it we have had heartworm uh, cases in every state in the United States. When you think about one of the explosive growth of it across the state was after Hurricane Katrina, when so many of the the pets got relocated, adopted out, yeah. or relocated across the country, and so they saw these these heat map blooms where Suddenly, we're in an area that, are, let's call uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Well, we haven't had heartworm, and then suddenly, what just happened? We had 30 cases. Um, well, if you've got two dogs that go up there who are heartworm positive and they're bitten, the it's an instant spread. There is a map that we will link. Put that on the show notes. Uh, notes. I'm about to sneeze. This one. On. This episode is going to have links galore because one of the things I was going to say is you were talking about the the length of the heartworm. I've got a video of a surgery removing the heartworms, and it will just show you they're they're removing the heartworms from the heart, and they go up through a vessel, mm-hmm. and with this long pair of tweezers, for lack of a better, and pull out. <laughs> heartworms out of this dog's heart and you can just see how long they are <laughs> yes producer trent's making the face of that's not something i want to watch at lunchtime yeah especially if it's spaghetti night at home oh. <laughs> that's really bad <laughs> oh just wait till we talk about fleas and stuff more to speaking of spaghetti okay um if you go onto the american heartworm society's website if you google uh, heartworm heat map uh, i have a map that i'm looking at right now from 2019 and it in areas where there are less than one case per vet clinic, it's white. And for areas where it is 100 plus cases per clinic reported, it is really, really dark red, like a burgundy. Well, wouldn't you know that basically all along the Mississippi River from Missouri down to the Gulf of Mexico, it is almost all dark red. And and what's not dark red is, is the lighter what is not dark red is just a little is the one step down lighter red uh and then w- also wouldn't you know 
right dead smack in middle tennessee where we're located there is the super duper dark red circle right here in the what i would say is the nashville basin Exactly. Um, and murfreesboro where we are located happens to be the drain hole of the nashville basin like we're the plug okay and it's wet here we get a lot of rain there's a lot of standing water and that's what heart that wherever you see that that you're going to see more mosquitoes and where you see more mosquitoes you see more heartworms what is interesting is that the northeast is mostly like one to 25 cases per vet clinic except in the big city areas um, like boston uh, new york you'll see it be more in the 51 to 100 plus and what the reason i know that Part of it is like what Stephen said. We saw a lot of heartworms go north during relocation from Katrina. People took their heartworm positive dogs north. But we also send a lot of our unadoptable dogs. We send a lot of our adoptable dogs from shelters and rescue groups from the south up north because they we have an overpopulation of unwanted pets and they have homes for them up in the northeast so what has happened is we've sent a lot of heartworm positive dogs north which has increased the heartworm cases in the northeast now rescues are required to test pets before they go transporting around and one of the tests that they have to be negative for is heartworms can you talk to us elizabeth about heartworm testing yeah so if anybody has a dog, we know that every year we recommend doing an annual heartworm test. Even if you are on prevention, something that we always want to do just to make sure that it's doing its job, the dog is still safe, and we can continue with that preventative. But heartworm testing, um, it's called a heartworm antigen test, and what it does is that it looks and it will detect an antigen that is released from a female heartworm, a female adult heartworm. And so if um, the adult heartworm, if the heartworm has not reached its adult stages yet, it's not going to test positive. So that's why we have to do it at certain stages and why things can get a little difficult, you know, waiting a few months because that heartworm antigen test will only test positive if there's one, a female heartworm, and two, if they're old enough. So around about six months is whenever it'll start detecting positive. So they could be infected with juvenile female heartworms but it won't show up on the antigen test and you're saying that they could be infected with a a all boys club just having a party Mm -hmm. hanging out Uh, they could be adult male heartworms and that wouldn't show up either it would never show up we never see it so another way to test and diagnose though is like i said looking at x-rays you'll see a right-sided heart enlargement and so you can know that um it's just kind of one of those things that put together with a positive antigen tests and then x-rays that show that right-sided enlargement you can put that together as well as the other thing we talked about were the microfilaria or baby heartworms and those will be swimming around in the blood and so what we do if we have a positive heartworm dog is we'll take a blood sample and immediately put that on a slide and look at it under the microscope and you can actually see those microfilaria swimming in the blood i know we have a video of that on our facebook page if you go to Family Pet Health's Facebook page. I don't know, Stephen, but if we don't, let's add that to our YouTube channel. And uh, people can find our YouTube channel at uh, YouTube Family Pet Health. Um, we'll put that link in the show notes because it's really neat to, uh, it's fascinating to me to look at the microscope, like look at a blood uh, sample under the microscope and see the little, they just look like little lines wiggling around. And yeah. they kind of, I mean, 
Yeah, yeah, they're just kind of like little, little squiggles, little squiggles squiggling around. Yep, exactly. Squiggling the blood. So that that would show that we have a female, adult female, that's producing microfilaria, or yeah. that a whole bunch of mosquitoes have just injected a bunch of microfilaria into the blisters. Okay. I think the first option is probably more probably likely, more yeah. likely. Yeah. yeah. So, Whatever right. it is, it's not good. Not not good. Not positive. And ha- I know that at at our office, uh, heartworm testing is standard and included on our annual blood work panel, both wellness and senior and pre-surgical. Mm-hmm. Why do we care or why are we concerned about pre-surgery making sure that our dogs don't have a heartworm infection? So before we put an animal under anesthesia, we want to make sure typically just we look at all their blood values, make sure they're healthy and going to be um, a good candidate for surgery. But um, specifically a heartworm dog, we don't want to put them under anesthesia because they're already having trouble um, resp- like um, using their respiratory system and trying to put an um, ET tube down their system is not, they're already struggling. And so their heart may not be able to keep up while under anesthesia if and they're the, already struggling, you know, on a day-to-day basis. An ET tube stands for endotracheal oh, tube. Mm-hmm. That's the breathing tube that we use to keep them alive while they're sedated. Yeah. So it's going to okay. kind of important. Yes. Very important. It's going to give <laughs> yeah, them the <laughs> oxygen that they need right. and the, also the anesthesia, but specifically like we're worried about the heart um, while they're taking in that anesthetic gas slowing down like it normally does. But if it's already slowing down and um, it may not just have the strength to continually perfuse the blood throughout the body then. All right. So testing is not expensive. You can get it as a part of a package, but you can also just get an individual, what's called an antigen. Is that the snap test? Yeah. Is that the same thing? Yeah. Okay. 20, 20 to $35 test. Mm-hmm. We can um, do it in 10 minutes. That's the in-house test. If, we, if it's a part of our package, we send it off and we get the blood results usually in uh, 24 hours or less. So, um, okay. So we've talked about what it is. We talked about infection. We talked about testing. I was going to say prevention, but let's talk about treatment. Let's say that our pet has, we, we've run the test and now we've decided, we found out that they are positive. Yeah, this is the part that honestly scares me. I, I, I've seen the videos of the, the worms themselves and that kind of freaks you out. But the the option for treating, and I think about Maverick, super active. Oh, yeah. This is This is the nightmare scenario. So walk us through the treatment. Yeah, so like I said, treatment is a lot more of a harder process than prevention, but if a dog does test positive, then it, there is something we can do for them. It's not, um, it's something that we can definitely be treated. So what we do is um, we like to start them. First of all, we recommend that you start crating your animal. You start decreasing their, basically, um, how much work they're doing, how much energy they're exerting. Because if you think about that, if your heart is filled with heartworms or spaghetti noodles, whichever one you want to think about. Um, If you are running around and working around, your heart's trying to pump harder. Those heartworms can basically end up moving throughout the heart, but get clotted throughout the body as well. So um, specifically, you'll see it happen in the lungs, like a pulmonary um, clot. And so that is what we're most worried about when treating. And so that's why we're very... And that's why we get pretty intense of talking about crating your dog and making sure that they're staying rested while on the treatment. I don't, I don't want to assume that anyone knows what we say when we when we say crating, but that's basically having a dog crate and your dog is in there uh, unless being walked on a leash because what we don't want them doing is getting their heart rate up. So exactly. we don't want them running. You don't just open the door and let them go run a few laps around the backyard while they're using the bathroom. We're talking 
restricted exercise and restricted movement in the in the goal of restricting heart rate all about keeping the heart rate low yes exercise restriction time and time again okay yeah for okay well we'll talk we'll talk about how long okay keep going so i'm gonna pretty much tell you what my doctors at uh, my parasitologists have taught me Um, but pretty much it's about a four month treatment four to six month treatment and we're gonna test after we're over to make sure that everything is gone but our first month is we're going to start giving a preventative so that we can stop those young microfilaria, young larvae from growing up into more adult. We want to just stop that process from happening altogether. And so at that point, we're going to begin exercise restriction. And the next month, so our second month, we're going to do another preventative and starting at our third month is when we're going to start giving an injection called melarsamine. Melarsamine is what's going to start killing those adult worms. And that is where it gets really, really important to decrease activity level. That is where, um, you know, before that, maybe keeping your pet inside if they stay pretty calm is okay. But that is where we say cage rest in severe cases. Um, Always on a leash. Don't ever give them the chance to go chase a rabbit throughout your backyard because even that um, could cause problems because that melarsamine injection is killing the heartworms. So that is a pretty pretty intense medication, but they do usually pretty well with it. And as those heartworms are dying off, we do it at a, at a rate that will hopefully kill them slowly and then they can kind of dissolve throughout the body. And um, So you have to kill... you. Ha- we said there's 15 worms. Okay, you yes. can't kill all 15 at once because it will pose a it'll health over, risk. It'll override the. They'll turn. They can. They start to decompose, right? And so like, they. The thing that we think about the most is all of them. If they all died at together. the same time, they're going to all try to move throughout the system because they're not staying in the heart anymore. They're going to start basically moving throughout the circulatory system and then they would most likely cause a clot and basically clot together clump together and then that's where we see the problems with um you know the severe cases whenever a dog maybe hasn't been on cage rest and you know they're getting the heart pumping and they're trying to move those heartworms out so the the medication you give instead of killing everything at once it kills them Slowly, So some now, some later. Exactly, which is why we have to see them again at month four. So that was at month three. We gave our first injection. And those injections are in the deep muscle along the the back. Yeah, so it goes in um, basically along their lumbar vertebrae and those muscles back there. And so we give those once in the third month and then twice in the fourth month. And so we'll give a second and third dose technically on day 90 and day 91. It's kind of a whole day regiment thing. And so, um, again, continued exercise restriction for six to eight weeks after that. And we'll do another test in six months to make sure that there are no new um, heartworms that have developed in that amount of time. But during all of this, we want them to stay on heartworm prevention so that hopefully if everything went well, we don't have any new heartworms developing so and you're not tra- your dog isn't transmitting heartworms to the neighborhood. So we go back to when we talk about length of time. I come in, Mavericks diagnosed with or it, the determined we're heartworm positive. Yeah. And so from this point, I'm looking at six months. Of Probably more like nine months. Nine months of yeah, because they have a month re- of uh, 
like doxy like some antibiotics and stuff yes. before. so of, of reduced activity so for nine months i'm i can't in essence i can't play with my dog i'd say okay exercise restriction six months you were right i just mean nine months is pretty much the total time of knowing that we can is the total amount of time it takes to know that we fully treated an animal and so as a as a pet parent myself that's the part i love my dog because i love playing with him I love all. There's lots of. That's it. all. That's the only reason you love Maverick. But I'm gonna go tell him. We, <laughs> for shame. If you will take a ball to him, he won't care. So because he wants to play, and I couldn't imagine not denying him that. Yeah. And and that would be incredibly, incredibly difficult. It, it's mentally exhausting for the pet as well as the human, the owner, caretaker. Yeah. yeah. Doctor Shirley and I for people that have listened for a while know that we are very much involved in german short hair pointer rescue and we oftentimes get heartworm positive german short hairs they are extremely they're they are equal to mavericks, <laughs> they're, they're mavericks energy level. and it breaks my heart to have to keep them locked in a crate for that long and it it's hard it's yeah. they're they're bored now you can mentally try to wear them out with food puzzles and things like that to mentally stimulate them but they're not getting the physical stimulation and that's that's hard it's really hard it's hard uh, let's talk about cost uh, for treatment. Um, now, costs vary uh, around the state, from city to city, and vet office to vet office. But let's just let's just throw some numbers out there, Stephen, and say we could be conservatively speaking. It's about two thousand dollars. Okay, I was thinking three. It's so a a conservative is you're going to spend two thousand. Yeah. There are options, whichever the. The injection themselves, just the the three injections that go into that that rump area, those are like eight hundred, nine hundred dollar uh, yep. injections, and Dura you've got man, two yeah. of those, or or maybe even three. So, so there may be people out there listening, going, "Well, um, I heard about the slow kill method. Do you feel comfortable talking about that, or you want me to preach on that for a minute?" Um, I will say that <laughs> MJ preaching, <laughs> preach, daddy. Um, pretty much what I have, we've been taught a little bit about it in school, okay. but we have very much been recommended to use this method. Right. This is the better method. It's exactly. more controlled and, and, and protects your pet better. The, the quote unquote slow kill method is basically just starting them on prevention mm-hmm. and keeping them on prevention and allowing the adult heartworm to die of old age. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but as you already mentioned there's a lot of other health risks besides just the heartworm grow i mean basically we're not really stopping the disease we're just preventing it from going to the neighborhood the the disease itself is those worms are going to continue to grow inside your animal's heart Mm -hmm. and die of old age uh, and then they break loose and cause the clots along with all the uh, symptoms that you already talked about respiratory and coughing and all those things yeah. so that is not what we recommend it is not the recommendation of the american heartworm society um but maybe that's what some people that's all they can do i, I just wanted to to just mention that because that i know that some people will say well i'll do the i'll do that other method the the best option is what prevention prevention, prevention. time Yay. and time again <laughs> all right and so here's my question there are lots of preventatives yeah What's the best one? 
whatever you can make sure is given every single month. Yay, <laughs> you passed the test. The best preventative for you out there listening is the one that you will use. Amen. Okay, and that's it for the podcast today. So, yep. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> now, go out and find that. But there are, But that's true. But there are options. Yes. Uh, there are different products. Um, at Family Pet Health, What we, we offer basically three different types. There's a heartworm-specific preventative monthly pill. Um, and so in ours, the, the product is Interceptor. There's, there's, there's many, many more. I honestly don't. I, I know what we sell, uh, but there are other options. And there is uh, an all-in-one. So it's a heartworm, flea, and tick preventative. Uh, that's a monthly pill. Or the one that, that I personally use uh, that's available is a once-a-year shot uh, called ProHeart. And, you know, I, I do it. Michael, I think you, you said your your we, dogs are on ProHeart. We use it on both of our dogs. I use we'll, it on both of mine yep. simply because I, I work at a vet clinic, I but I can't remember to give my dog a monthly pill because that's done at home. If I mm-hmm. if I brought my dogs to the clinic every day, I could be in, in I could trust that. But for me, I give the shot once a year and I don't have to worry about that portion um and I'll get that reminder and 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 can take care of that. We could talk and then there's the the so there's topicals, there's there's pills and there's shots. Right. So, so the we can put it on them, yeah. in them or digest in their digestive system but what is important is that they're getting their prevention now we could talk for hours on all the different preventions but that's a really a discussion that you and your veterinarian should have and you can have that discussion with future dr witt in three years when she's a doctor that's right and i'd Um, love to have that conversation in three years (laughs) um we'll have it with you if you just want to call us we'll talk to you about preventions there are side effects with some of the preventions right yeah what are some so that's what i just want everybody to know look there these are things that you are putting in and on your pet and there can be side effects and some people are with certain breeds some breeds are more susceptible to side effects with Mm -hmm. certain types of prevention than others again this is a conversation that you need to have with your veterinarian you may hear the passion in my voice when it comes to to heartworm prevention i i believe in it i have seen the results of what happens when people don't have their pet on prevention it is terrible it is expensive and it is it's not fun for anybody it's not fun for the vet it's not fun it's not fun for the pet owner it's not fun for the pet it's not fun for the vet team that's taking care of you it's not fun for your wallet put your pet on prevention and and eventually left untreated it can be fatal fatal so it's not something to mess around with so what about people that say, well, I don't need prevention because my dog doesn't go outside? Like a cat. Okay. If only mosquitoes listen to that rule, because the number of times I have gotten bitten inside my own house by a mosquito, I would love that that was the rule because... And it only takes one and it only bite takes from a mistake. Yep. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you live in a gated community. Yes, we've heard that. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you live in the city or the county or the country or in Alaska or in Florida or California or New York or Maine. We have infections all across the United States in every one of our states. And it doesn't matter whether your pet is indoor or indoor only, indoor outdoor or lives outside. 
every bet needs to be aware of this in our area of the united states uh i hear that untreat un dogs that are and cats that well dogs especially that are not on prevention have a greater than 80 percent chance of becoming infected with heartworms if they're not on prevention the, if you told me that I could buy a lottery ticket with an 80% chance of winning, I'd buy it every time. And I don't gamble. Me. So if you tell me that my pet is 80% likely to catch a nearly fatal disease uh, if left untreated, I'm going to put them on prevention. There are side effects. There, 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 excuse me. There can be side effects for these different medications and preventions. But... There are also side effects of your dog getting infected with heartworms and the side effects for that are death. Exactly. It's prevention is a hundred times easier time and time again. And the side effects are much easier to deal with. And we see them so much less often than I see heartworms. Uh, if you want to send me an email in disagreement, my email is michael at familypethealth.com. <laughs> I will respond to every one of them. Uh, I am really passionate about this and it's not because I, I've saw somebody the other day that said that, that veterinarians only recommend this because they're being funded by the pharmaceutical companies. And I'm going to be like, how's your vet school bills going? You getting paid by the pharmaceutical companies? Uh, I haven't gotten that check <laughs> you haven't got yet. That check yet. <laughs> I Dr. Shirley and I never got that check either. So I just, I just, I, I really believe in it. It's, I list it. It's happening. I list it as, you know, you, you think about your pet's prevention, rabies vaccination yes. and uh, distemper parvo or the FERCP for the cat. Those are your your core vaccines. Those those are the two vaccines that, I mean, rabies is required. But then, if those are ninety nine and ninety eight, ninety five is heartworm prevention. Yeah. It's so important, and I, I just in everything that we do, and you just hear it in our voices. We are so passionate about this. But everything that we we encourage, everything that we do keep your pet on preventative every single month it Especially is not something you that you live, can yeah. do now we have viewers all over the world but where our where we are located heartworms and mosquito prevent you know heartworm prevention and mosquitoes are a tw- are 12 month out of the year problem yeah and so there may be some places where the frozen tundras of alaska that you don't have to i don't know but, uh, but I, I hear I can, that the mosquitoes are yeah. bird size in Alaska. That's right. So. <laughs> so they can transport a lot of microfilaria with each bite. But but here in, in Tennessee and in the South, we want you to keep your pet on prevention 24-7, 365. Talk with your veterinarian and you all work that out together on what is the right prevention for you. Yeah. Can I say one more thing? You can. We, okay. So we've talked a lot about dogs and their... Um, dealing with heartworms because we do diagnose those a whole lot more frequently but don't forget about your cats like we said mosquitoes um don't really discriminate they don't discriminate so they will choose a dog host they will choose a cat host and cats actually have the um shorter stick the shorter straw so they will um they can only have about three heartworms and that can be fatal for them and so it's not something we talk about quite as frequently, but something that definitely needs to be brought up and getting them on a good heartworm preventative as well, because diagnosing them is actually a lot harder on our end. That antigen test doesn't work quite as well, and we have to use a couple other diagnostics to fully diagnose them, and the treatment doesn't work the same. And so they're actually going to kind of just have to deal with the heartworms. I was thinking that we don't we don't treat them. Yeah. No. So so prevention is, is where it's an ounce of prevention is a pound of cure. In, in when it comes to our cats, 
it's all about the prevention. It's all about the prevention for our cats. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I could I'll talk more, but I'm going to stop. I feel like this episode got really serious there, more than most of our it episodes. Got dark. It's because, I don't know if it's dark, but it's, uh, I, again, I'm really, really passionate about this. Everybody should have their pets on prevention. I'll, I will die on that hill. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to die today, but I do want to educate our curious pet parents out there with a fun fact so that they can use should they find themselves at trivia night or just want to impress their friends and family at the family dinner. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth, did Stephen prep you for the fun fact a part of our episode? And if so, what is your fun fact to share with our curious pet parents today? Well, he prepped me about four hours ago, so okay. I did have a little bit of prep. So, um, so heartworms, like we've said, they can grow to be about 10 to 12 inches and the average is 15, but the most we've seen, or most the American Heartworm Society noted, was 250 heartworms in a dog. Whoa. Think about 10 to 12 inches That's per a pot worm. of spaghetti noodles right there. I hope that... Oh That's a God. box. That's a box. It's That's like a box the jumbo of box of spaghetti noodles. <laughs> 200 and... 250. 250. I wonder if... I want, was that like on a necropsy? Well, that was what the American Heartworm Society told mm. me. So, I mean, there may yep. be even more, but that is yep. what they said. Usually about five wow. to 250 is what they find. Mm. Listen, get your get pet your, on prevention. <laughs> keep your pet on prevention. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to leave it at that. Uh, thank you, Elizabeth, for joining us today. I think you did a great job. Thanks. It was so uh, fun. Yeah. If this vet do- thing doesn't work, you may have a career in, in, in pod- podcasting. Pet, pet podcasting pet podcasting okay i think i'm gonna stick with utcvm but like i I think there's a better i think long range there's probably more uh, (laughs) we can do both i can still do both you absolutely you heard it here first that's right we will have her back we're uh we're you know like you know we're approaching 20 episodes on the family pet podcast which is pretty awesome i don't know what episode this will be with you uh on it but um yeah we're doing we're, we're we are doing it we're enjoying it and and just trying to help educate our curious pet parents out and so there. so if you're at home and you are listening to this and enjoy it and are thinking, man, I should share this with my friends. Tell somebody you know who might be interested, who might gain uh, benefit from this. Like, share, subscribe. All the things you know. Leave a review. Yeah. We had a review. We're going to keep doing it whether you do, whether you leave a review or not. <laughs> our mother review gave us a oh, review. Oh, that's nice. We need somebody else to give us a review. Well, we uh, have enjoyed our time together. This is going to wrap up today's episode of the Family Pet Podcast. Until next time out there, everyone, stay curious. The Family Pet Podcast is a podcast for curious pet parents where we believe the more you know about pet health care, the better pet parent you can be. The Family Pet Podcast is a production of Family Pet Health PLLC and is recorded in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. The statements made as a part of this show should not be taken as an establishment of any form of a veterinary client-patient relationship. All comments are for entertainment and educational purposes only, and you should reach out to your local veterinary partner before taking any action on anything that you've heard here today. We hope that you will share this podcast with a friend, and it would mean so much to us if you would take a moment to leave a review and follow wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Show notes, links, and videos to accompany today's show can be found at thefamilypetpodcast.com. If you're still listening, that means you're a super fan. And where should super fans be? They should be at the grand opening of the new Family Pet Health Hospital at 3 
907 Richard Reeves Drive in Murfreesboro. You want to be there on July the 15th at 10 o'clock in the morning. We're going to have our ribbon cutting followed by food and Kona ice and tours and prizes and games. You won't want to miss it. It's going to be a fun event for the whole family. We hope to see you at the grand opening July 15th from 10 to 2 at the new Family Pet Health Hospital 3907 Richard Reeves Drive. We hope to see you there. Oh, and thanks for listening to the Family Pet Podcast.